0: Today's show is a hard one, so watch out for the little ears in the room. We're going to talk about issues with a 20-year-old son. We're going to talk about grieving the loss of family members who died by suicide. We're going to talk about building relationships with a distant stepchild. Stay tuned. This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. Hope you're doing well and having fun, enjoying whatever, it, wherever it is you happen to be. Thank you for joining us, man. We're going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about your relationships. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. Man, the world is an unraveling mess, but I do think there's still good people out there. and I, I know there are. I don't even think it. I know there are. I'm looking at some out here. There's some wonderful, kind people out here. Um... Look at, it's, it's millions of people out here, and by I mean four. There's four folks out there, and I think two of them are just waiting on their Uber to get here, but hey, thanks for joining us, man. It's awesome. Um, if you want to be on the show, I'd love to have you. I'd love to talk with you. Um, give me a shout at one 693 3291 That's one 693 3291 or you can go to johndeloney.com slash show and fill out the form, and we'll get you on. It'd be awesome. All right. So hey, team, Kelly, James, Zach, what i I was I was shooting, I was on a shooting a TV show this morning with somebody. I was a guest on their show, and one of the questions she asked me was something that gets me teared up. And if you don't if you love how I'm like humble bragging my way into this thing, that was pretty awesome, right? So what is a movie that, that makes you cry? Like a hundred percent of the time, whenever you see the scene in this movie, it makes you tear up
1: um in miracle the movie about the 1980 hockey game every time he says do you believe in miracles even though i know we win i'm gonna cry 100 percent every time
0: i i, I, I want to watch that movie with you just because i don't know that it's physiologically possible for you to cry so it I, is I, I but i only cry at
1: sports movies for some reason
0: not relationship or set or death movies just sports
1: no just sports
0: and at the end of <laughs> and at the end of Predator when the Yeah, that the doesn't predator say much dies, good about me, but no. So
1: just the emotion of the whole the sports and stuff. I don't know why that gets to me.
0: James. Man, off the top of my head,
2: The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. Yeah. That one especially being a father, that one wrecks me. We're gonna show it we're gonna watch it with our kids pretty soon. And they're gonna see their mom and me weeping. Have you seen it?
0: No, I've never seen you it. You haven't seen it? It's good? Fantastic. Zach, what do you think? Uh, That scene in Dumb and Dumber when they uh, don't know that they're (laughs) inviting them onto the tour bus at the very end. You cry every time.
3: It just gets in your heart.
0: Oh, yeah. Sammy Swamps, Samson, I, I was way off. Okay, mine is that scene in Almost Famous when they get in the big fight and they're on the bus and they slowly just start singing the lyrics to Tiny Dancer to each other and then pretty soon the whole bus. Music just brings everybody back together 100% of the time. I don't care if I'm mowing the yard, and I just got in, and I'm like, hey, what's up? Or if I'm all... Pre- I just start weeping, and I don't know what it is about that. I think it's just people singing along together. I love it. Yeah, but that song, was it... The, oh, Zach, was it, the, was it
2: the office that did the Tony Danza? Was that from the office? <laughs> I think so. Or was that from something else? Yeah, I yeah. can't hear that song
0: now without thinking about Tony Danza. In of America, if you're listening... You just saw it happen just then. I talking about an emotional moment, and James ruins it. So thanks, James, for (laughs) once again... (laughs) I blame Michael Scott. Bringing a room down. Bringing America down. But
1: you pretty much did the same thing to me, too. I was talking about what made me emotional, and then you were making fun of it talking about Predator and stuff. Well, yours
0: is a borderline pathology. James (laughs) is just... (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, thank you, James. I do love The Office. It was good. I don't know what we, that has to do with anything in this show. I just want to know what made y'all cry. <laughs> what movies what movie scenes. Anyway. All right, let's go to Mary in Atlanta. Let's get the show going. What's up, Mary? How are we doing? I'm
3: good. How are you?
0: We are rocking and rolling. So how's how's everything? Y'all doing okay?
3: We're doing okay. We're having a few issues. That's why I'm calling you.
0: All right. So what's up? How can I help?
3: Well, I am part of a blended family, and my son recently moved back home, and we're having some issues. How old is he? He is 19, about to be 20.
0: Okay. And what did he move home from?
3: Um, well, he was just gone for a few months. He got a job. He finally got a, a pretty decent job, and he went to go move in with his girlfriend, and then he... He called me one day and asked if he could come back home said that um that wasn't really working out and one of his coworkers had just rented a house and he wanted to move in with him it was closer to work and it sounded good so I was like okay but I talked it over with my husband and we agreed that it would be for 6 weeks and he would have to there'd be no drugs or alcohol allowed no girls allowed no um, he had to clean up after himself and then pay a hundred dollars a week in rent.
0: You basically gave him the rules that I have for my eleven year old.
3: <laughs> yeah, is that is I mean, that a state
0: wouldn't... of his? Is, I mean, is that a signal of his emotional state as a twenty year old?
3: Pretty, pretty much, because um, up until he moved out just a couple months ago, he literally was doing nothing. Okay. So,
0: so what's going on?
3: Um. So at first he was doing really good for like the first four weeks he was paying his rent cleaning up after himself, clean him up after himself. He was going to work. He seemed to, you know, to have a good self-esteem. And then all of a sudden, um, he started not going to work as often as he was and stopped cleaning up after himself, stopped paying rent. And then he called me out to talk to him one day and I walked out to his car with him and, And he said, he started crying and said that, um, I didn't know him. Nobody knew the real him, that he wasn't a good person and that nobody understood him. And I, I just, I didn't know what was going on. So I told him, I was like, regardless of what's happening, you know, or what you've done, I still love you. Nothing's going to make me not love you. I said, just talk to me. And, um, He said that he's not emotionally connected with anyone since um, his brother died. And he died four years ago in an accident. He was 18. Okay. And, And we've been getting through that pretty well, I thought. And then, you know, I was just kind of waiting for the bomb to drop. And he said that the only one that he's emotionally connected to since then was my husband's youngest daughter, who is 17. And she doesn't live with us. Um, but he proceeded to tell me that they've um, been in a romantic relationship.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, you know, I I was stunned and told him, you know, all the things that could go wrong with that, that it was inappropriate. And I didn't really know what to say, but um, it didn't end very well. Um, I tried to tell my husband, which... Obviously, he didn't take it very well. And now over the past week, he's not, they're not talking to each other now. She's mad at him because he told us and he's just kind of regressed back to himself. He's not talking to anybody. He's openly smoking weed in the driveway. Like he's just shut down. Hmm. And I, you know, I don't. I don't know what to do. I want to help him, but at the same time, I don't want it to destroy, you know, the entire family. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I don't know what to do to help him and not destroy us.
0: So you you cannot, he's a 20-year-old man, okay? Yes. He's got some trauma, right? He's got some yes. hard stuff. He's yeah. a 20-year-old man, though, right? Yes. And he suffered a horrific loss of his brother. That was hard for the family. And he still should not have to have an a lease that he's got to clean up after himself as a 20-year-old. Right?
3: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: And so any damage that happens to the family because you decide to draw boundaries are not going to be, quote-unquote, your fault. Okay? Okay. And you're going to have to um, unhook yourself from the other people's choices. When they run up against your boundaries, the things that you're going to do to keep your family safe. Okay. Okay. Also, um, you're going to love the – you're going to hold up your end of the bargain. You told him, no matter what you tell me, I'm going to love you, and you're going to keep doing that, right? Right. And that means you're going to love him, and you're going to be there for him, and you're not going to enable him. Right? Right. And he's going to have to face the music that if he was in a sexual relationship with a 17-year-old as a 20-year-old, depending on what state he's in, he just committed a felony. And that felony was committed against a child, and that child happens to be your the, the daughter of your husband. Yes. Right? And so there's going to be yeah. some face of the music on this deal. Again, mm-hmm. he, you will not be the person who destroyed your family. Right? Right. Right. The more you hang on to that, the more you are going to enable him to continue to hurt a child, to continue to not get the help that he desperately, desperately needs, because you're trying to own and control the outcomes of this deal, and you can't. He's got to take responsibility as a hurting 20-year-old man. Right. That he can't sleep with 17-year-olds. He no. can't smoke weed in his mom's house. He can't fill in the blank, fill in the blank, fill in the blank, right? Right. Right. So what he's got to have right now is the, the, your love and your compassion and your accountability all wrapped up into one, one, one package real, real quick. Cause he's really close to doing something he can't come back from, Right. whether that's hurting himself, whether that is, he's going to get himself in trouble. He's going to cross the line. He can't come back from.
3: Well, his day to move out of our house was supposed to be next week, and I still want to hold to that. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm nervous about it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I feel like if I've extended any further, like you said, I'm enabling him. Yeah. And.
0: But I also want you to be willing to extend an olive branch and take him out yeah. and say, what is your plan? I will help you make a plan. Yeah. It's not going to be here, yeah. but I'm not abandoning right. you. I want to help you. Um, Why aren't you, and I don't know if you and your husband can talk about, like we might help you with counseling resources. We might help you with um, recovery resources and things like that. But it's not going to be living here because you got a job. And he's clearly got skills. And he's also clearly got hurt, right? So it's all wrapped up there together. He's going to have to face the music with your husband though.
3: Yes. Well, we had initially, um, we had planned on taking $100 a week rent. Saving that for him and then adding 400 for his birthday to give him his, his $1,000 emergency starting fund. Of course, with him coming home, you know, with bags of weed, yeah. I don't feel like that's going to help him at this point.
0: Well, and here's the so, magic. The magic of, the, uh, of an emergency fund is part mm-hmm. the money, but that's not really it. The emergency fund is, yeah. is a psychological thing that I yeah. went – bananas i sold stuff i just ran as fast as i could and i was able to do this
3: and so yeah. just
0: handing somebody a thousand bucks is not the same as them grinding and grinding it's a it's a it's a psychological thing right uh right. it would have been a great gift would have been cool but it would not have been effective as him going out and grinding it out right and earning a thousand bucks and showing and proving to himself baby steps i could do this right
3: yeah right
0: but all that to say is this you and your husband have to get on the same page today. And okay. if not today, you let him know, like, hey, we've got to have this conversation tomorrow. Right?
3: Okay. And
0: you need your husband to um, be as level-headed as, po- as, as a dad of a daughter who's been um, raped and or sexually assaulted by an adult male can be. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is not always right. very much so. And you're all going to have to figure out what's next steps. Okay. And then at some point, he's going to have to address your husband, his, his stepdad. At some point, you're going to have right. to reconcile that relationship there. And then he's going to have to move out of your house. Yes. And he's going to have to move out of your house with the best you can, letting him know that, that he love him. I would recommend, I'd say this all the time, and I would tell you the same thing too. Um, I would write him a letter that he can hold in his hand and go back to and go back to and go back to. And I'd probably, okay. if I was his mom, make that a practice. Maybe once a week, it will help you clarify your thoughts and get all that spinning, spirally stuff out onto a piece of paper. And also, it's going to give him something to hold because someone who's an addict, someone who's suffering with trauma, they are so, so good with walls, right? And defense right. mechanisms, whoop, whoop, they throw them up so fast. And right. as soon as you say, you've got to move out, but I love you, they're already out. They don't listen to word you're saying. They are into okay. defense mode and you hate me and you're going to ruin my life. And why don't you fill in the blank, Right. If they're right. holding that letter, they can circle back to it and circle back to it and circle back to it. And they can read it again and read it again and read it again. Okay. Um, and even if he takes that letter and you find it in the trash on your his way out, it's still a benefit to you for having gotten your heart and thoughts out on a piece of paper. Okay. Okay. But the greatest thing you can give him right now is a plan, like a detailed plan. Here's where you can go. Here's how we're going to support you or not support you. Here's what we expect of you if you want to move back, all those kind of stuff. And two is your accountability, your boundaries. Okay. And and I'm, I'm I don't want to sugarcoat this. It may get real bad, Mary. Yes. Okay. Yes. Are you ready for that?
3: I think I'm. I have gotten there. I've been uh, dealing with his boundaries for a year and a half, two years now, okay. and I've listened a lot. But I've it's finally to that point where. I think I'm going to be able to do what I need to do.
0: Okay. Um, and let him know he's always got your heart, and you'll always be there to meet him for coffee and to talk him through what's next. But that doesn't always mean he's got access to smoke weed in your house. That doesn't always mean he's right. got access to your money and to your the children in your home, et cetera, et cetera, right?
3: Right. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time.
0: No, I, I appreciate you... Making the call And I think the The broader lesson For all of us is Is a lot of these Relationships Especially when they're Young adults Man, drawing boundaries Sometimes for the first time Especially when you're Dealing with trauma It's not just a magic solution It gets real, real hard Oh, and Mary If you get a hint A hint That he's gonna hurt himself You call in the Calvary You call every Emergency number that you know Um, if you get a hint that he's in some sort of inappropriate relationship with a minor, you call in everybody, you call the police, you call everybody into that situation, right? That's your job. Um, because there, it sounds like there was a romantic relationship with a minor. You have to report that too, even though it's your child. Um, you're going to have to report that. I don't know. Some laws, 17 is, is, um, of legal consent age. And so depending on the state you're in, y'all can worry if y'all can figure that out with your local authorities. But um, he's going to have a reckoning with that situation. Um, And that can get real messy too. That can get real messy with your marriage and you and your husband have to be super intentional about being united in this deal. Um, Man, there's not always happy endings here. I really, really will be thinking about you guys as y'all move forward. And um, you and your husband don't want to get a, uh, counselor to help y'all unpack this and work through this, this is going to be hard, 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 hard. Thank you so much for that call, Mary. One of the most common questions folks ask me is what they should do when anxiety or panic strikes like a lightning bolt. I've been helping folks one-on-one for years, but I wanted to create something that everyone could use anywhere at any time. So I created a free guided meditation. It's not really a meditation, but really me just walking with you through your anxiety alarms from start to finish. I'll guide you through a breathing exercise and show you how to lean in, listen, and head towards healing. It is free and it's for everyone. You can download this guided meditation today for free at johndeloney.com. All right, let's go to Leanne in Salt Lake City. Leanne, what's going on?
1: Hi, uh, uh, I'm doing good.
0: Doing good. <laughs> I don't get you that. To... I don't get that like, hey, doing good. <laughs> that makes my, makes my heart feel good.
1: You know, I have, I have some hard stuff to tell you, but I am blessed. And so life, life is pretty good despite.
0: Oh, are you a minimizer?
1: No, I like to think that, I, I, well, I, okay, you tell me, Let, am uh, I a minimizer?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. All right, all right. I feel like you're going to drop some heavy, heavy, heavy on here.
1: Well, it, it is pretty heavy stuff. Um, five years ago, five and a half years ago, my husband, who was thirty-nine years old, I was thirty-four, uh, took his life.
0: Oh, Leanne, yeah, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, hard, hard things. I had seven children, ages thirteen and under, and a four-month-old on my hip at the funeral. And, wow! Um, all
0: all of, was he the father of all seven?
1: Yes. Yes, and we had been married 15 years. Whoa. Um, so the oldest at the time was 13, and he just really struggled with his dad's death. Um, it was very hard for him to overcome. We did counseling. We did medication. We did treatment programs. I did everything to try to help him. And two years ago, um, last month, he took his life, and I oh, found him man. hanging in my shed, and it was terrible and it was awful, but... Um, I'm now, we're two years out and obviously still very hard, but the problem I'm running into... Hey, hold on real quick, no re- matter- real quick before you get to yeah. the problem.
0: Stop there. Okay. Because you blew by that pretty quick. That's a lot.
1: It is it is a lot. Yes.
0: It's a lot. And you've got six other kids that you immediately rallied around to take care of. That yeah. is a lot. Mm-hmm. And here's the deal. Leanne, I've shown up. I've been in that exact scene holding a mother in that exact moment. Right. That's a lot.
1: It's pretty horrific.
0: Yeah. No mother should ever see that. Ever. I agree. No, no... Wife should ever experience that. And I know there's some sort of challenge that has presented itself today, but I don't want to get to that until you hear me say I'm so sorry.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Man. Okay. So fast forward three years. So your son was 16? 16. When he, passed he was away? 16
1: years old. Two okay. years, so it was two years ago. Yes, he was 16. He'd be 18 now. Um,
0: okay. How was how was the graduation? Was that a hard moment for you?
1: It was. When his friends it was started nice graduating, you to understand that it would be because a lot of people don't get that.
0: Oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> but when
1: his friends were graduating, yeah, it's that a ni- was, that it's was a nightmare. Hard.
0: Yeah, and and I want you. You're not asking for this, I don't think. But as you move through, um. Be super intentional to, to put stars on the calendar and intentionally grieve those seasons, okay? Right, yes. When When they start graduating, his friends graduate college, when you see their Facebook stuff, when you see when the first one of his old buddies has a kid, when all those moments, mm-hmm. don't fight that, just let that wash over you, because it's going to hurt, right? Right. And that's, just, right. that's part of the healing and grieving process. So he dies by suicide three years ago, and then fast forward, you, it's, you're, now you're a single mom with six kids.
1: Yeah, doing the single mom thing for five years, but now oldest son's been gone two years. So now I have these six kids, and, um, you know, I work, I'm a mom, um, and I the struggle I'm running into is these sweet kids. It makes me emotional, and I talk about it, but. Um, The hardest part is honestly just watching my kids have to age overnight and carry burdens that would cripple grown grown adults and um, just watching them try to have to weather that and navigate that. And everyone's in counseling. We have we go we go the whole nine yards. Um, My struggle, though, and some do better than others of my children, but um, it's the older ones in particular that kind of remember their brother the most really struggle with taking dad and brother's death personally, that mm-hmm. it means that I wasn't lovable enough to keep them here mm. and that maybe I'm not worthy. And, um,
0: you being, you being be- mom or you being like they're, they're feeling that no, individually. Like that's their voice. Okay, that okay. Their
1: voice feels like, cause I, they voice, they have voices to me. We're very open and speak openly about all this stuff. Great. And, um, that has been, a worry on a lot of their hearts is if what does this mean that dad really didn't love me if he's willing to just leave mm-hmm. and does this mean brother never even cared about me if he would leave us in this mm-hmm. situation knowing how much it hurt having losing a family member to this because brother knew brother went through it too yeah. so that's the struggle is i've told them over and over and like i said they're in so much counseling but it, they're being told this has nothing to do with you but mm-hmm. Kids will, I feel like, just make it about them, make it about if they were good kids or if they're not good kids, and they, I, I am having the hardest time correcting that belief system that is being created in some of them, yeah. that this was bigger than any of us. It was inside of them, mm-hmm. and it had nothing to do with you, and still yet, especially my 16-year-old daughter, just really feels like I could have prevented this if I was a better girl. hmm
0: I hate that for you. I know I keep saying that. I'm sorry that you're having to navigate that. Right. Um, so you, if you've listened to this show before, I've talked about this with marriages. This is one of those cases where it is, it's, it's clear how it happens. But kids feel tension. They absorb trauma, and they make it their fault. That's the only way they know how to regulate themselves is with other people. And when other people die by suicide— they're left looking in the mirror with nobody. And so right. they look at that gap between them and somebody that they loved who's no longer here and they say that what did I do, right? And what a good therapist will do is help them understand that that illness was in somebody else's mind, right? A good therapist will say it feels like this, but here's the truth of those feelings. And there is a part of being 16, 17, and 18 we got to weather that. And it's mm-hmm. just an uncomfortable, mm-hmm. hard season where you're going to really struggle and you're going to have to struggle to not project this is you're reliving this again. Because now you got another 16-year-old.
1: Absolutely. And
0: it, your brain is gearing up for number two. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: It's true.
0: It's been down this road before. And so yes. the challenge you're going to have is not project. What happened to your son statistically speaking will not happen again. Right?
1: I sure hope not.
0: There you go, right? It won't happen again. But you and I both know that it might. Yeah. Right? 99.99% chance that it won't happen again. But you have lived the 0.001 and your brain knows right. that. Your heart knows that, so it's on full alert. <laughs> and as I just said, kids feel that tension. And they're going to make it their fault. Yes, and so yes, we've
1: already experienced that. I work on that in therapy for myself, but inside, mm-hmm. I'm like completely overreacting and freaking out. And outside, I have to be. I'm so sorry you feel that way. Let's talk about that. Like you know, uh, it, it, hey, hold on, it's hold a on, hold on, hold on. Listen, challenge.
0: I don't want to get in the middle of your therapy. Right, you're. I'm, I'm assuming you've got a great counselor. Right. But if you were my client, I'm not even licensed, so I'm not going to put it that way. Here's what I'd recommend to you just as a, as a neighbor, okay? Okay. When you feel a mess inside, your daughter needs to feel that congruence. She feels that you're a mess inside, and when your face is like, hey, baby, how's it going? She knows there's something not right. Something's not right. congruent there between your heart and your, and your body, and between your heart and what you're saying to her. As one of my students who was on the autism spectrum once said to me, I was laughing, but I was also telling him, hey, dude, you can't have alcohol in here. And he said, your words are not matching your face. I need you to clarify Mm -hmm. for me, right? Right. So very similar situation. So the greatest gift you can give your daughter is to say, I'm so scared because this is when I lost your brother and I love you more than life itself. And I'm scared. And then suddenly you become human and then you become just like her. And suddenly she didn't feel so crazy anymore.
1: Right. Right.
0: Does that make sense? We've
1: had, Yes. And we've had those conversations too, but I, I am still, I am still working through the, that my son thing that sometimes I feel like just freaking out in a way that would scare her. And mm-hmm. so very much, I have to tone that down that I have had those conversations that what you're saying is scaring me. So like, let's talk about that. Let's keep, let's keep talking about this. But mm-hmm but you're right. Like I do, I almost probably go to the other, the the pendulum kind of swings the other way that I don't want to, I don't want to scare her. I don't want to upset her and challenging after you have lost a kid because you were holding boundaries and trying to parent them the way that you know, they need to be parented, especially when it's a son who doesn't have a dad Mm -hmm. and then they kill themselves. It, it, it is hard to stay at that level of parenting that you know is right for your kids to hold boundaries and expect things of them that kids need to be able to do. Um, hey, do Leanne, 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 away. Leanne, yeah. mm-hmm.
0: your son's death was not your fault.
1: My and brain knows that. My heart still struggles.
0: Leanne, I'm telling you right now, your son's death was not your fault and you're still carrying it.
1: Yeah.
0: Your son was a lovely, hilarious, funny, gross, hairy-legged 16-year-old boy whose head, head was not well. Right. And he died.
1: Yep.
0: Not your fault. Right? Yes. You, you've got... A
1: scary endeavor it's so scary. The it's
0: the most scary. It's your heart walking outside of your body out in the neighborhood, right? Right. But you got to set that brick down. Because when you're carrying that gigantic cinder block of somewhere deep down, I, I, I'm I responsible for this. All that brick is taking up both of your hands and you can't fully grab and hug the life into your other kids with all your might. Right.
1: Right. Yes, and so
0: your it. grief to, to quote the the grief the greatest grief guy on planet earth David Kessler your grief has to be witnessed someone's got to sit in it with you and there is no better people on earth to sit in it with you than those who experienced it with you
1: right
0: right have y'all done those exercise uh, exercise where you all um especially you and your your 16 year old y'all write him a letter together no we haven't i'd recommend that and maybe ask your therapist to do that um y'all want to do that together all three of you but y'all write him a letter and or you write one and she write one and y'all read them out loud in a in a counseling session
1: mhm
0: and in that letter you talk about how much you miss him how mad at him you are how much you love him and then mm-hmm. the beautiful the beautiful part of this is you're both seen. you're both letting your feelings that are on the inside come be seen on the outside, and then you talk about who you're going to be. Here's the kind of mom I'm going to be. Here's how we're going to make meaning of this mess. And what that begins to do for for you and your 16-year-old is it begins to plot a course for tomorrow. And when those that we love die by suicide, our tomorrow just goes away. Right? You just stumble through every single day to get to the next day to get to the next day. My guess is you've right. already mapped out just like probably to the day how many days you got left with all six of these kids, right? You, it is just how can get through today, get to today, get to today, get to today. And it's hard and it's hard and it's hard. And once you turn I this I don't
1: want that for them. I know. I don't want that. a mom in survival mode. Do,
0: I, Leanne, Leanne, I don't want this for you. You're too extraordinary. You're too extraordinary. And right now you are living a life that you've got duct taped and knitted and nailed together because you're trying to hold it together for them. And you've got to exhale and let that thing go. Yeah. And that means you're going to have to let your son go. And you're still holding on to him because you still want to edit the story because somehow you think you're the author of what happened and you're not. Okay. And there's nothing on this call. I mean, what has happened to you should not happen. And I'm so, so sorry. Thank you. And what I want for you is to feel that. I want your kids to feel that their mom feels. I want their kids to know that my mom's human and that she is a mess, just like we are. And that we miss, miss, miss our brother. Miss, miss dad. That we super are mad at them and we understand what they did. Now, we don't understand it, but we understand that they weren't they weren't well. And right. then we're going to start charting a, charting a course for tomorrow. We're going to make mean of this stuff. Right. Ah, and what a gift. Your gift is not going to be making sure they don't get any bumps or bruises. Your gift is going to be letting them see your bumps and bruises.
1: Yeah.
0: Letting them see your scars. That's the gift you give them at this point. And letting them know they're the most precious, special, wonderful messes on planet Earth. Right.
1: Okay. I can do that. I will do that.
0: But that starts with you letting this, putting that brick down. Yeah. And that sounds a lot cooler. Yeah. It's super like, like it's a cool thing to say on the radio and then just like click over to the next call and you hang up and you're like, what, how do I even do that? Start with a letter. (laughs) Okay. Right. Start with a letter. Talk to him about that. You're so sad that you're missing graduation. And it's also awesome to see his buddies graduating. And you are pissed that he's not graduating.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe send his yeah. buddies a card and congratulate them. That's the that's the little breadcrumbs towards making meaning of this. Doesn't you cheer on his classmates, right? Okay. When you call his old girlfriend and you send her a note to say, hey, don't call her because that can be kind of weird, but um, send her a little card or something that says, we miss you. And, Happy graduation. Whatever. I don't know what the, what the story was there, but. Right, um, right, Begin the slow, the slow turn into making meaning this thing. But okay. I check on that. Start there with a letter. Start there with your daughter writing a letter. You doing it. And then I think reading out loud to each other is going to humanize you in front of your daughter. And remember this. She's watching you for her only picture of how a strong, wonderful mother, a strong, wonderful woman deals with hurt. All right, and you want her to be able to feel this to acknowledge it to own it to to stumble and and cry and get dragged down that river of grief. you want her to experience all those things, but you got to show her you got to model it okay, and that's how you end up becoming well too. Thank you so so much for your call, Leanne. you're a brave wonderful woman if you if you would be willing to it's it'd be a brave thing, but after you read your letters to each other um Again, preferably with your counselor. If y'all you read your letters to each other, I'd love for you to give me a call back and let me know how that went. I'd love to know um, about how that moment was between you and your daughter. I think that's going to be a remarkable, remarkable turn for your family. Thank you so much for the call. All right, let's take one more call. Let's go to Zach in Huntsville, Alabama. Zach, what's going on, brother? Uh, not uh, Huntsville, uh, Texas. Not, not Huntsville, like that. Alabama. It's cool. Huntsville, Texas. Was it? Huntsville, yeah. Texas. Yeah, <laughs> right, right down the road from where I grew up. What's up, man? Uh, not much. Um, just
2: uh, chilling on the way to deliver a load. I drive a truck for a living, but anyway, so Colin, because, uh, my wife has a daughter from a previous marriage. So technically my stepdaughter oh. and, uh, we've been talking about trying to get custody back. We tried a few years ago when she was three, it didn't work out. Uh, why did your wife, your wife sti- lose custody? um it was a mixture of voluntary and then just uh uh like i uh so I'm gonna did, go back to the beginning of the story to try and keep my thoughts on track cause otherwise i'm gonna get sidetracked
0: um well i mean it's just re- okay, did, so, did she have a did she have an addiction problem or was there abuse in the home oh uh, no nothing like that um she just signed when, over voluntary custody of her child
2: uh the, okay uh, her dad, uh the <laughs> I, i'm, I'm <sighs> Sorry, I'm, no. It's cool, man. <laughs> take, take a breath, it.
0: dude. You're good, man. You're good. Take a um, breath. What's up?
2: Okay, uh, her former mother-in-law started watching her when she was about a year and a half. Okay. It was just before my wife and I got together, and she asked my wife to sign papers giving her temporary t- temporary custody, just for legal purposes. Um, on the paper in Colorado where, uh, Cassie lives, uh, the paper asks for a thing. It's got a section that asks you for how many hours the parents are going to visit the child. And her former mother-in-law put five hours just to start with uh, claiming it was legal purposes, but that she'd have access to the kid no matter what. And then following that, she started following those five hours religiously. Like it was five hours a week, no more, no less for Pretty much the whole time my wife and I were together until we got married.
0: So basically what you're Uh, saying is – hold on. So what you're saying is your stepdaughter's grandmother falsified documents, tricked the mother of her granddaughter into signing papers that she didn't fully get that signed custody away of her daughter – Limiting to five hours a week, where a mom could see her baby.
2: Yes and no. Uh, her following the the five hours religiously was part of it, but the documents were all legal and everything like that. That's not where we lost custody. Uh, flash forward about, uh, flash forward about five months later. Uh, my wife and I we got married. We I'd been driving truck the whole time, so we hadn't really gotten like proper honeymoons or anything. So we decided, well, why don't you come on the truck with me? We'll go off for just a little over a month. We'll go to Galveston and see my father-in-law because he lives down in Galveston. And then we'll come back right before Christmas. And then we talked to her mother-in-law and asked if Cassie could continue the visits. Cassie's the daughter of his name. Uh, But um, asked if we could continue the visits with my mother-in-law and sister-in-law, who we were living with at the time, so that we could Skype her and see her and so that the visits wouldn't... Keep the routine going. But, but, Two weeks uh, later, when my wife's grandma asked for a visit, she, uh, just paraphrasing the message, Mother, uh, former mother-in-law sent the message back saying, I'm not obligated to get the family visits. They're not continuing till Colleen gets back. So we called her. We were like, all right, this is bullshit. We're filing for uh, full custody. We're going to court. Flash forward another seven months, I want to say, because her and her attorney kept pushing it forward and forward. Mm-hmm. Finally, around August, we said, "All right, enough's enough." But in the couple months, two months leading up to that, everything fell apart for us. My my mother-in-law, my wife's mother, relapsed on drugs. She trashed the house for a, a considerable amount of time while she was living with us, and then at the custody so case, hold on, because hold on, Hold on, hold on,
0: hold, on hold on. This oh. is like turning to Jerry Springer, brother. Like, <laughs> let, let's 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 rein this all the way back in, okay? let rein all, all the right, way back in. That. No, it's all good, it's all good. Your story's your story, man. I'm uh it sounds like a mess. Okay. Here's it's a mess and then some Yes. So where I'm not tracking with you is this. Um I got a five year old little girl. Mm. You'd have to come through hell and back to make it to where I couldn't see my daughter. Like I'm talking, you have to shut down the city of Nashville to keep me out of seeing my daughter. And so something here isn't, doesn't pass my smell test. There's something weird going on here that why a mother would sign over custody or some sort of five hour rule or some sort of, Hey thing. And I'm just going to take off for a month and I'll just Skype in with my daughter. None of that sounds right. And so I don't know the pati- um, I, I don't know the particulars of it, and we don't have time on this show to go all the way back into it. I just want you to know that there's something about that that doesn't—and I'm not super dad either, dude. I'm just a regular old guy. <laughs> like something there sounds screwy. But fast forward to now, now y'all are circling back, and you want to regain custody. And how old
3: is this um, little girl? Want- uh,
2: she is seven currently, and uh, just a brief little context. uh. Uh, a judge turns the temporary custody thing into full custody when we went to court, and over the last few years, I'm not gonna lie. we have not been perfect parents or anything close to that. We have had very Damn. limited visitation and then trying to circle back to but all it, it, of listen that, a um, judge
0: a judge only <laughs> does that a judge only does that when they're like a judge <laughs> man I've been through so many situations and walked alongside people who. I could not believe the judge gave them back to their biological parents. But every judge I've ever seen their bent is how do I get these families reunited? So there was something there that the judge looked at either your current wife or that current situation and said, "Nope." And I just can tell you my experience has been there's something extreme there. There's something really challenging going on in that home. For them not for you've got a mother saying, "Dude, I just want to be in my kid's life." That's the dream of every court I've ever seen. Now I know not every court's perfect, and there's idiots everywhere. I get that. But so now here you are, seven seven years later, and you're asking how do you How do you reinsert yourself into this daughter's life? Is that is that the ultimately when we distill down? Is that the question?
2: Um, uh, yes and no. Uh, We haven't necessarily left her life, but she's growing up. We're uh, trying to reconnect with her in a proper way and see if custody can be an option a few years down the road. We're not trying to go for immediate or anything like that. We know that's not good for her.
0: Okay. Okay. And is the custody for the, her best interest or is it because y'all miss your daughter and you want to start seeing her some more? Like why, why now?
2: It's a, it's a little bit of both. Like we will admit we've discussed it. And if we decide that if going down this road, we decide it's in best interest for her to stay with her uh, grandmother, we will definitely make that call because we, we've never been fully out of her life or anything like that. We have regular contact with her and everything mm-hmm. like
0: that. Um, but hey, I, I want you to hear how that sounds to me. Okay. <sighs> this is her mom. Like my wife doesn't like to leave my daughter like with a neighbor for a few hours. Do you hear what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. don't feel like I don't feel like I'm being super clear. Um I get you. You're working hard, you're a stepdad, you are like in in life you're doing the couple hours thing. I get that. But your wife is this little girl's mom. Hmm. Does that make sense? Um, is that register?
2: Yeah. um, So uh, so like, are you wondering at like what my wife is struggling with? No, 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 no. I don't. That's a whole, uh, that's
0: a whole other show. We can, that's a whole (laughs) other call. Right. Um, Ultimately here's what y'all are going to have to do. You're going to have to go to court or you're going to have to get with a lawyer or go see a judge and you're going to have to ask for an avenue back. And there's been some sort of behaviors, whether that's, addiction, whether that's abandonment, whether that's neglect, whether that's there's there's something there that a court that is designed to reunify families has said, we're not doing that in here. And I've never experienced it where there's not a series of services. There's not a, a plan that a mom and or a, a dad can work to reintroduce themselves into the life of their child. I've never seen that. It may exist in your situation. I've never seen it unless parental rights are terminated you're out right y'all aren't in that case because y'all still get a few hours a week or a month or whatever but what I'm doing if I'm you the first thing I'm doing is I'm going to go get a lawyer I'm going to get a judge I'm going to ask them what is I want to be in the life of this girl and I think you and I could talk for probably two hours or five hours and I'd hear all kinds of stuff in the story and there's probably blame to cast ever it's probably mess to cast ever I get that but it's going to come back with you looking at a legal, somebody who has taken away most of your custody, if not all of it, and saying, I, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to let that little girl know that I love her more than life itself and that I've made some mistakes. I haven't been, to use your words, not, haven't been perfect, whatever that means. Um, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And then you're going to have to give someone to give you a plan, and you're going to have to exceed that plan. You're going to have to go to all the classes, they tell you, and you're going to take extra classes. You're going to send a letter a week. You're going to write letters. Let this little girl know how much she's loved. And not so much you, but her mother is going to write letters, right? And you're going to, um, when you say you're going to show up, you're going to show up. You're going to be early and you're going to drop off on time. You're going to be respectful and dignified of her living arrangement. You're going to show up at all the school meetings. You're going to show up. You're going to show up. You're going to show up. And if you live in different towns, you're like we just can't do that right now, then this may not be the season for you. Because you're going to have to convince a judge or a group of lawyers. you have to convince a judge that y'all screwed up and you're ready to be make it whole. And I, I can't wrap my... Uh, this is your daughter everything in the world comes after that everything everything your wife's work your wife's plans your wife's dating life your wife everything comes after that one thing that's her little girl and I'll burn it all down because I love my daughter that much so that's where you start. Start with a judge. Start with a lawyer and say, what's my plan back? And y'all work that plan. You exceed that plan, but not just to get custody. You get custod- No, no, no. You got a lot of healing for that little girl. And you want that little girl to grow up in a better situation than she. You want her kids to grow up in a better situation than she did. And she's going to have to know that her mom values her. And that starts with a lot of generational healing there, man. Thanks for the call, man. Sorry we couldn't spend more time on it. I know that's a mess. I know this is hard. I know it's eating at your heart. I trust you on that one. But y'all got a lot, a lot of work to do. All right, as we wrap up today's show, let's just circle back. Let's go full circle. I did not really plan to do this, but let's just do it. We're going to be Cheeseball Deluxe today. 1971 release on the Madman Across the Water album. The one and only Mr. Elton John sings Tiny Dancer. And it goes like this. Blue Jean baby LA lady Seamstress for the band Pretty eyed Pirate smile You'll marry a music man Ballerina You must have seen her Dancing in the sand And now she's in me Always with me Tiny dancer in my hand Jesus freaks out in the street Handing out tickets for God Turning back She just laughs The boulevard's not that bad I was hoping you guys Were gonna join in And sing along with me We're gonna have like a moment On the bus This is a hard show man You guys are letting the team You gotta down. start singing You gotta lead Piano man Piano <laughs> man <laughs> nope He makes us stand in the auditorium Looking on She sings the songs The words she knows The tunes she hums But oh how it feels so real Lying there with no one near Only you and you can hear me When I say softly, slowly Hold me closer, tiny Tiny dancer Count the headlights on the highway Lay me down in sheets of linen You had a busy day today This is The Dr. John Deloney Show